0: Welcome back to the Free Minds Podcast. This is Eric, as always. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Today, we're doing an interview with somebody who made the transition from left to tentatively right, essentially someone that realized they were being lied to. They realized that the system was created to deceive you and uh, was brave enough to kind of make that step into the truth. And uh, we're going to talk with him today about how that happened. This is uh, a coworker of mine, a good friend, Henry Siegel. Is it Siegel? Is that how you say it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Siegel. All right, cool. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, Henry, how old are you?
1: I am 26 years young.
0: Okay, 26. And um, how much of your life were you a political person? Were you kind of a political person or do you just kind of not pay attention?
1: I think I always paid attention, um, especially when there were big issues like, um, you know, Trump becoming president. You know, at the time, <laughs> I thought right. that was a big issue and um,
0: existential crisis.
1: Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> George Floyd South. Yeah, I mean, I was right. Every the the first Republican president I remember was Bush and. He, he was, I was always taught he was a very uh, evil person. Of course. And, yeah, I would definitely say I was a political person. I, for, for some context, I've grown up in Northampton, Massachusetts, which... Right. It I doesn't might get possibly,
0: more left than that, really.
1: It, it might possibly be the most liberal leftist place on earth if there's a place more... Liberal than that, I, I'm curious to see it because I can't really imagine a place more liberal than this. Um, uh,
0: I would say it's up there. I would say San Francisco probably has it has a beat.
1: Yeah, sure, San Francisco.
0: But yeah, um, well, I'd say it's top three.
1: Yeah, it, but the thing is, Memphis is a smaller town, so it's even more concentrated than. Mm. I appreciate that. Definitely up there.
0: Having some uh, Mike weirdness.
1: Uh I'm good now. I'm good now. Yeah.
0: All right, cool. Um, so, did you vote in this? Uh, did you vote in the twenty sixteen election? Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I voted um, against Trump. And
0: that's a that's a very interesting way of saying that I voted against Trump. You didn't vote for Hillary. <laughs> exactly. You voted right. against Trump. Right. Uh, that is very telling. E- Can you
1: each each, uh, each election twenty sixteen to twenty? Against Trump.
0: Oh, you voted against him again in twenty twenty.
1: I did. I I, I wasn't uh, out of the welcome cloud.
0: Right, world. right. Yeah, no. uh I again, as I've said on this podcast many times, I voted for Hillary in twenty sixteen, and I donated to Bernie um all throughout the campaign. I only ended up voting for Hillary because you know Bernie got knocked out by the DNC, obviously doing him dirty like they always do. Um. But yeah, I, yeah, it's really, it's, it's encouraging to see that people are waking up. Um, It's happening too slowly and it's not happening on a, on a, on a a big enough scale for me to be truly optimistic, but it is encouraging to see that it's happening. Um, If you don't mind me asking what was the portal or what was the thing that initially sort of made you go, huh? that doesn't seem right. Like what, what was the first little clue that you had that you were possibly being misled?
1: Uh, there are definitely a lot of little clues. I think, I think one of the clues was I, i i every time there's an argument in my life or a conflict, I, I really want to hear both sides of the story. I really want to not get a one-sided bias. Opinion. And so I kept on he- I was paying attention to smart people who were on the right. And actually, you were, you were one of them. I don't i don't think you were the one guy who, you know, showed me the light necessarily, but okay. I, I, knew, I knew that you were a smart guy. Thank you. And it was to the point where I'm like, wow, this this guy's really smart. I have, to, I have to see what he's saying about Trump and right. And then Ben Shapiro were other Right and, and, and just minute, but um, yeah. So, so I'd say the portal the, the big portal for me, and we talked briefly about this before, but um the Israel the, the latest fighting in Israel and Palestine. So I have I've been to Israel. I have some pretty close friends there. I have some heritage from there. Yeah, and in Northampton, I kept on seeing people saying, "Oh, oh, look at, look at this white colonial America-funded Israel destroy these helpless Palestinian people.
0: Look yeah,
1: them bombing them to shreds." And I'm seeing this on NPR, you know, New York Times. I'm seeing you know all the memes, you know, liberal memes sharing little factoids that didn't hold much weight right and then i so then i went on social media and i went on facebook and i went on instagram where i follow actual israelis actually in israel right who I'm close friends with i see them hiding in bomb shelters i see them their cars getting blown up you know and i see i see i see headlines from other non sources that they're being killed by The 4,300 rockets that are being fired, which which were fired first, by the way, right? Not not a peep of this, not not even a mention of this. Um, any liberal media like NPR, New York Times, so it's not it's not to say that they were fake news. is is extremely biased to the point where they're just not telling the whole story
0: yeah you're you're breaking up a bit Henry yeah I, I can't hear you hello yeah there we go you're you've, you've been squiggly for a little bit now
1: oh, okay how uh should I repeat any of those no
0: that was that was pretty much good right up until the end um okay
1: yeah um yeah, so, so like I said, I want to hear both sides of the story, and when I see these clearly biased um, accounts from pieces, you know, from companies like NPR, New York Times, and these biased memes yeah. that, you know, don't really hold any substance at all. It, it pisses me off, and I don't want to be a part of that, especially when it's regarding people I'm so close to, like, the Israeli people and my Israeli friends.
0: Yeah. Have you, have you heard of the Gelman man amnesia effect? I've not. Okay. So essentially uh, Gelman man amnesia is the idea that let's say you're flipping through a newspaper for, for argument's sake, let's just say it's the New York times. Yeah. And, um, you see an article on something that you are familiar with, like say for you, Israel, something that you've actually, you know, yeah. people that live there, you've been there. You, you have heritage from there. It's something that's, you know, it's a part of your life. So you have basic knowledge about it and you'll see a story about Israel and you'll be like, huh, I know that's not true because X and Y and Z. I've been there. I know the people. Yes. Right. And then, you know, you read that story, you think, oh, huh, that's weird. And you turn the page and then the next story, something that you're not familiar with, you assume the news is accurate. It's the idea that when when it's a subject that you're familiar with, you can see that they're lying. And then you turn the page, and you instantly forget they just lied on the last page. But you <laughs> believe the thing you're seeing on the next page because you don't know enough about it to know that it's false.
1: Right. So that's yeah.
0: that's what Gelman amnesia is, and that is, uh, it's a it's a it's an interesting phenomenon, and I think it's one of the reasons why, like you just said, people like you are kind of waking up because you may not know it has a name and you may not understand the concept, but it is actively out there. People are like, huh. Well, I know, like there's, I mean, how many uh, hundreds of people have come out and been like, I've known Donald Trump for 30 years. He's not racist. He came to my, you know, black stepdaughter's birthday party. Like there's (laughs) all these things out there that they lie about, but individual people with their unique knowledge can see the lies only in that particular span, in that spectrum. And I think it's interesting that that was one of the ways that you kind of were led to skepticism, because skepticism is important, especially when you're dealing with media, when you're dealing with people who have uh, a political motivation to get you to believe a certain thing. I think uh, one of the things on the left that's so common is this adherence to the quote, you know, the authority or the institutions, like, Right. People look at the media and they they cannot conceive of the idea that they are being lied to for political gain. That's just a bridge too far for them, because if you acknowledge that, you, then you will like, well, holy shit, like what's real then? Like, how far does this go? How much am I being lied to? It's almost like you don't even want to look
1: under the rug because you're afraid of what's there. Right, right. You it's, know? It's, right. It's easier for your ego and identity to just live in ignorance than actually... Right.
0: Well, there's also um, okay. evolutionary imperatives there at work. There, I mean, those who go against the grain, those who stand against the society, evolutionarily,
1: they I, tend to be the ones that die. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You could be shunned and banished from the exactly. tribe, and you're in the wilderness, spending for yourself. That's
0: exactly right. And while fire. while today we may not necessarily banish people off into the wilderness to die, like your your access to resources is not cut off completely anymore however we've seen you know conservatives of course being deplatformed depersoned banned from banking institutions have their businesses and their ability to advertise essentially removed from the internet and while these things may not necessarily lead to their death it's certainly a destruction of their quality of life and their
1: certainly not pleasant
0: right and i mean it certainly goes against the ability for everyone to have life liberty and the pursuit of happiness i mean um so yeah, I think uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad that you you kind of stumbled into a portal that was able to lead you to at least skepticism yeah. because skepticism is the, is the healthy state I think in which everyone should ingest information, regardless of if it's you know a source for you sure. trusts or not
1: for sure and I'll sort kind of add something to the absolutely uh, so so the Israel thing it, it, it goes a step further with the the whole, you know, super biased news and what uh, liberals tend to fixate on. Mm-hmm. Because during the time of the Israel-Palestinian fighting, the most recent one, there was a literal genocide in Ethiopia. Now, I didn't hear about this on the news. I didn't hear about this through memes on Facebook. The only reason I found out about this was because I had a good friend from college, actually, and she's part of the Tagir ethnic group in Ethiopia that's okay. being slaughtered. And I think it was um, a little bit, I think it was like 1,200 or something that were killed. Not a peep, not a single fucking peep on any, on New York Times, NPR, on my social media. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, why not? This is these are, I thought you guys care so much about black people. Why aren't you reporting on this? Yeah. And I think, do you know why? For, I think I do. I think <laughs> I do know why. And it's because black people were doing the killing and that does not fit the narrative. In fact, it exactly. goes very against the current narrative. Yeah. It
0: actually fits the data perfectly and therefore disproves the narrative. Yes, because it's something like 92% of black murder victims are killed by another black person. So, yeah, the that is uh, that is that's incredibly astute of you. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, It's not a politically expedient story. It doesn't tug on the heartstrings the right way. It doesn't have the right uh, manipulatable points that that pull on the heartstrings of liberals who are easily led astray right. by uh by the media so right yeah and so it's just left out of the conversation that's right. uh
1: it, it, it's it's funny because uh recently i saw an onion article is like fighting in uh western congo almost boils into full-blown news blurb <laughs> 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 I, I, and it's yeah. funny but it's actually very relevant and yeah. and very telling of What's going on today?
0: Yeah, the Babylon Bee and the Onion have really stepped up their game this past year, I feel like, and they have been crushing it. I saw an yeah. article uh from the Babylon Bee, and it was like something like um black man uh receives applies for and gets licensed license to the astonishment of liberals everywhere. It's like <laughs> <laughs> we they they genuinely don't think black people are intelligent enough to get an ID yeah. to participate in everyday society. Yeah. Uh yeah, so it's interesting to see people that pretend to be the champions of the downtrodden completely ignoring massacres and genocides right. when they don't help, you know, these these politicians or these institutions yeah. in a in a politically expedient manner.
1: Yeah.
0: It's pretty sad, but that is of course uh, the other half of fake news is not the misreporting they do, it's the things they just don't report on at all. Yep. These things yeah. don't even make they don't even make a comment um, sort of like the Abraham Accords. I don't know if you're familiar with those or not. No see. <laughs> it's, it's, those are things that didn't make it into the news. Uh, Donald Trump helped foster or the Trump administration helped foster um, seven countries into peace deals with Israel. Oh, These are right. countries okay, countries that yeah. previously would not acknowledge the existence of Israel are now easing into uh, light commerce and simple trade. Which is, I mean, of course, a monumentous, sorry, a momentous task. Yes. yes. Um, and I, I firmly believe, one, that if Obama had achieved it, we the media would still be talking about it. They would have a national holiday Obama Day. They would <laughs> never, they would it would just be praise and singing his glories to the end of eternity. But because the very, very evil, bad orange man did it. Uh, this is one of those things that the American people largely aren't even aware of. And if they did hear about it, it was castigated by the liberal media as, uh, you know, just something to help the wealthy or just some type of, right. they, they just, mm-hmm. they have to sh- cast it in a light that makes it seem negative, even though it's an objectively positive thing for the planet, having less war, less killing, less hostilities, especially in the Middle East, something that you know, liberals have kind of claimed to to be to care about for so long. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. There's a clip of John Kerry, and he's talking to, I think it was a a classroom of college students. I could be wrong, but he said, "Um, there will be no peace without Palestine," and that's what everyone needs to understand. He says it like six times. There will be no peace. And uh, this was sort of the narrative that the establishment and the Democrats and the media towed for the last, you know, 15 years right up to and including when Trump took over office. But of course, he proved them wrong. He shattered their narrative like he's done so many times before. And this is why he had to be stopped. He had to be silenced. He had to be removed um, because the media, while they are powerful and while they can block stories and stop information from getting out they they don't have the stranglehold that they did back when it was just abc nbc and cbs you know people like you and me can still share stories on facebook and twitter and the word can still get out so their authoritarianism isn't complete and people like trump threaten that and one of the good things about it is that it exposes their partisanship a lot of people will you know say oh the daily wire they're just right wing blah 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 but they're labeled, they label themselves right-wing commentary and news. They're not, pre- they're not like CNN <laughs> where they're pretending to be neutral arbiters of truth. And then they're just pushing leftist propagandic psychopathy, like the Russian collusion story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, sorry, I didn't mean to rant at you right there. I just kind of, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I'm yeah, in yeah.
0: podcast I, mode, man. I just go.
1: I, I feel you. I feel it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, just, just to make it clear to the listeners um i i, I wouldn't say i'm on the trump train I, 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 but i don't um believe any longer that he is satan i don't i don't think he's Hitler. i don't think he's the essence or beacon of everything evil in the world anymore
0: right, um
1: right. I, I would say i i i but don't, you did at one point But yes, at one point I definitely believed all that. Now I'd say I don't have any strong opinions of him, but um, I I do see what you're saying because at at one point I was watching a Vice video and it was about North Korea and South Korea's relations or something. Mm -hmm. And like eight minutes into the video, they they briefly claim how Trump actually restarted negotiations between the two countries, yep. which is something that hadn't been done in decades and decades. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I didn't hear about that. Why didn't I hear about that? That sounds like something. Yeah, pretty helpful. That sounds like something like a step in the right direction. <laughs> so, um, well, no, I'm not on the Trump train. Um, you know, I have, I have. Seeing how the media does, you know, like to villainize him,
0: especially when there's,
1: especially when there's things like, well, I just found out this recently too that black unemployment uh, went down pretty significantly under Trump, and black Black salaries and
0: Spanish unemployment actually black
1: and Spanish and black salaries were the highest they've ever been under Trump pre COVID of course, but um, that is correct.
0: Trump Trump uh, shrank the wealth gap in this country for. Well, for everyone, he shrank the wealth gap. Period.
1: Yeah. So, 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 I, I, th- I think, as someone who's so recently transitioned from liberal to moderate, or maybe hesitantly, right, or whatever you want to call it, one mm-hmm. thing, one thing I've really noticed is that it's all about narratives. It's all about it's all about narratives and storylines over facts and data and statistics um that's right so if trump ever said you know all the things that trump said that were border i don't think he's ever said anything that was truly racist i think he's definitely said things that were very insensitive stupid yeah things are stupid politically incorrect Um, which is
0: which is kind of par for the course for politicians when you really think about it it's like they're right right. they're mostly he's not so much malevolent he's just you know kind of dumb I guess. As as most yeah. politicians are.
1: He just says a, a shit character. And I, I think he does. I think in the past he, there might have been some sleazebag businessman deals that where he exploited workers or whatever. But but that, that's beside the point. So so anyways, um yeah, Democrats just leached onto that and turned him into Hitler. You know, right. turned into this incredibly racist person whereas uh, and all they needed to do was play back the quote and then write a piece about how racist that was or whatever not cite any statistics about any of his policies uh, so much of the critique of trump that i've heard is not actually a critique of trump's policies or what he's done right it's Um, trump the man it's trump the mask trump the character trump's the quote i mean uh, other than maybe the wall and some uh ice stuff but but yeah overall i that, i would definitely say it's but i mean even the,
0: the wall man. thing has not, it's nothing to do with racism it's just yeah, border it's, security
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah but anyways so yeah yeah That's no
0: funny. um i think uh it's It's, it's become, I mean, it's been a common tactic of authoritarian regimes throughout history to, because in order to, to attack someone or a group, um, and to be in, in the moral, the moral side, while you're attacking someone else, you have to demonize the group or the person you're attacking. Yes. Uh, we've seen this in Mao's Great Leap Forward in China, the four olds, old ideas, old people, old traditions, and, uh. I forget the other I forget the other one. Um, in Pol Pots, Cambodia, the collects, the, the the business owners, the intelligentsia, the academics, they were the evil oppressors that were keeping everybody down. We saw this in uh, Nazi Germany, of course, with the Jews. Uh, the you know, they were they they weren't even referred to as humans. You know, they yeah. were subhuman mongrels and they were they were X and they were Y and they were Z and this is how authoritarian regimes get the people on their side so that they can dispatch their political enemies. They have to demonize whatever group of people, whatever person. And then, you know, the more they demonize the, the other, the more force is justified from them against exactly. the other. It's like, well, I mean, he's Hitler. So, I mean, we should, we, should have, we should be able to do literally anything to stop Hitler, right? Because he's so evil. And right. um, they, they essentially trick the people into voting for their own demise. You know, like Hitler was Hitler yeah. was voted in. Yeah. But, you know, you can't you can vote in communism, but you have to shoot your way out. And this yeah. is a lesson learned throughout history over and over and over again. One that we should learn from one that we should be intelligent enough and, uh, you know, cognizant of history enough to avoid. But it doesn't seem like yeah. we're going down that
1: road. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's it's so funny because I think liberals in America, they have such a short um, scope of their reality. And what I mean by that is, yeah, they, they, all they see is what's happening day to day. And as there's something called the hierarchical um, something of needs in psychology. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: first, first you need food. Right, and Then it, then comes social status Then comes blah 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 And so we're so high up in that That even the littlest of problems Seems like a, a catastrophe In everyday life In America So if someone says something politically incorrect Or if a worker uh, I don't know Gets laid off Or, or something that, that becomes like a Huge monumental Issue Whereas, and, and so it, it gets to the point where you don't actually see how prosperous and how fortunate we are in America, and I think yeah. I think a lot of liberals they're they're not educated about the world, and that's something I've been doing a lot recently. E- even before I had this little revelation of mine, I've been learning about you know how how awful the world really is in other places, like I. I watched a video on fucking bride kidnapping in Kyrgyzstan the other day and it's, oh, yeah. it's literally culturally and um, widely accepted in Kyrgyzstan. It still goes on today. Yep. I've heard of child brides and um, crazy mass prostitution of children in India and Bangladesh. I've heard of you know, I've seen transgender and gays being lynched and stoned in Iran. Um, oh Yeah. Not, not to mention the extreme crazy poverty in Africa and South America and other places. So, And so then after hearing all this and you hear a liberal crying about someone not using the right pronouns or some, right. or someone saying something that could very possibly, if you reach super far, be a tiny little bit racist. It's right. like, what the fuck? Like I just, uh, we, we we talked about this briefly. I just watched uh, Me Park on Joe Rogan. That's right. And for, any, for anyone listening, that's a must watch. That was like actually life altering for me. And seeing how yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, seeing how persecuted and seeing how bleak and just straight up awful their way of life is.
0: I didn't I didn't watch the Joe Rogan version, but I saw, I did see her on Tim Pool. And um, I'm not sure if she mentions this on the Rogan version, but she talks about how the Korean people—they don't even really understand the concept of love. It's not really a thing.
1: Yes. Yep. They don't. uh, It's not a word. There's no. There's literally no. There's no vocabulary to say "I love you, mom." It's only. It's only only,
0: about the the association.
1: It's only yeah. There's only love in association with Kim Jong Un or the Kim.
0: Yeah yeah i agree um and,
1: and, and, so, and so then Yami park comes to fucking america and she sees uh you know the woke crying about a, you know about the most ridiculous right. things that aren't even close to being racist and crying out in mass protests. and it's like this is not oppression and it's right. actually super insulting that here's the thing for the woke, it's it's super fucking insulting to say that you're oppressed when there's people like me Park who are actually oppressed because those two words shouldn't be used in correlation with each other. It's like, just like it, it's insulting to say that uh, the woke or people of color today are oppressed when when their ancestors were actually oppressed during Jim Crow and, and slavery and stuff. it's a it's it's actually a complete insult to real oppressed peoples
0: right yeah um i agree completely there's a lot of maybe most of the the people in this country whether you're conservative or or you consider yourself on the left um i think the vast majority of people a haven't traveled the world and gotten to compare america with other places firsthand Without, um, you know, some third party in between who may or may not have an ideological bend in the information they're relaying. Um, And I think the other side of it is this this kind of idea of kind of first world problems where our lives are so lavish and so wonderful and so extravagant. I mean, there are people who woke up this morning in Somalia to mortar fire and then watched part of their village get murdered. Yep. That's a thing that happens every day around the world that these, you know, stuffy New York liberals who are part of this, the the elite class, they've never experienced oppression. They've yeah. never experienced anything like what most of the world deals with on a daily basis. But because our lives are so incredible and our standard of living is so high, we can look at something, as simple as you know, uh, a misunderstanding between a police officer and a citizen, and they happen to be different skin colors. And because we have just nothing real, we have no real difficulties, we have no real challenges in our lives to deal with every day. We take it. We we look at these things. We the people extrapolate like there's some greater problem at work here that this is representative of, right. as opposed mm-hmm. to just looking at the situation for what it is to individuals who are not representative of whatever group you happen to identify them with. That's the thing is the left kind of use people in a collectivist mindset. Like if you are a black person and yes. someone is mean to you, they're mean to you because you're a black person. All black people are a, a, a homogenous group of people with the same, you know, ability, the same yeah. intelligence, the same ambition, the same everything, and there's no variation. Uh, and it's 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 actually pretty racist um, to to just sort of lump every one of the same skin color or whatever group you choose to throw them in, whether it be, you know, gay or black or tall. I mean, you could literally pick any attribute, say, okay, people with uh, people that are over six three. Are, are highly underrepresented in uh, <laughs> corporate CEOs of America. There's just obviously gotta be all. a, yes, there's gotta be a systemic problem. There's gotta be systemic discrimination that's keeping people who are over 6'3", from being CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And I think we should spend hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars investigating and trying to solve this problem, instead of just being like, maybe they're not interested. Maybe they yeah. don't want to do that. Maybe there's yeah. not that many people that are that tall. It's <laughs> like they they just look at whichever whatever the difference is, whatever the whatever stands out. That there has to be a systemic reason for that thing. Right. And uh,
1: right. yeah, go ahead. Um, so, so one of my other findings, um, based on a lot of research I've done um, recently, is that there is. A, I mean, I think me and you might disagree on the small point that there, I, I, I still believe that there's some systemic racism in the criminal justice uh, department or field or whatever you want to call it. But other than that, there is really no uh, systemic racism in America and there is extremely little evidence to support that there is. I and, know. and I think that most uh liberals haven't heard the statistics on this so so let me throw a few out there um 70 percent of all black children uh grow up in a household without a father and that's a low estimate from what i've heard but yeah and that and and right that's probably even a low estimate and the data is out there on how well those kids do in school how well those kids are How likely those kids are to graduate high school? How likely they are to be depressed, to go to jail, jail. and commit suicide? And I think that, and that number, the seventy percent number, went up from the nineteen twenties or something to now, or so. So that number cannot
0: be after the nineteen sixty four Civil Rights Act.
1: Right. Those numbers so, exploded. So, right. So that number cannot be correlated to slavery in any right. way, shape, or form. That is a internal problem within the black community.
0: Exactly. So, so, so how does so, it feel so, to be a white supremacist? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does it feel to know that you're now on the side of white supremacists like me and you know Donald Trump? When uh, you when you look at data and you say facts. That don't sound favorable to Black people. That that's when you become a white supremacist. That's how that works in this country now.
1: I think it's it's pretty funny, man. You finally I, made I, the transition. I, I, I can't. <laughs> for, for me, I I try not to get emotionally attached uh, to my political identities or even my my identities or thoughts in general because that leads to a lot of the bad things that we've been talking about so That's far incredibly in rare sir yeah it, it's something it, it's a very uh not widely held idea that we are not our ideas you, right. you, your ideas can change right your ideas can be wrong your ideas can be wrong you can be disproven and your ideas do not have to be connected to your identity because your ideas can change and point two seconds. You could be you could be a New York Jets fan for twenty six years and then instantly and that could you could go to every single game and buy every shirt watch every game and then suddenly be a Patriots fan. And sure that, that change happens could could theoretically happen overnight. We are not our ideas. And I think the problem now is there's a lot of toxic tribalism. There's a lot of us versus them in america and if you're on the other side you're a radical you're you're misinformed you're blah 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 and and that's how we, we i think we've gotten to the such a big divide in this country i'm on both sides honestly i agree
0: i agree that uh there's a lot of othering happening a, which lot, is- a lot of
1: a lot of other things so so, so so the answers to go back to your question about the white supremacist thing um it, it is frustrate. It, it is frustrating for sure it is um, a little can you hear me yeah yeah it, it is a little bit like what the heck but I I think I've learned at this point to separate separate myself from my newfound discoveries about the world I mean because I, I could try to change a liberal's opinion for, you know, days and days and days. And if they're not going to see it, they're not going to see it. And so it's almost, it's almost futile, you know? Yeah.
0: The way I describe it is like screaming into a tornado.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you're,
0: you're literally just wasting your time. Um, yeah, there's a, exactly. there's a kind of social, well, there's the social enforcement structure that the woke build. There's like the cancel culture side. And then there's the, uh incentivization of actively proselytizing you know woke ideas so not only are you rewarded for saying the right words you are actively smashed and punished sometimes yeah. literally for yeah. saying the wrong ideas right. so there's a, I feel like the um uh, there's there's now an entire generation of kids that have grown up with this brainwashing where it doesn't even occur to them to question these ideas. This is what the media tells you. This is what your teachers told you. This is what the Democrats say. This is what all the good people say. There's no reason to question any of that. Why would you ever question the CDC? Why would you ever? Why, why would
1: you ever? Why would you ever be racist? Well, uh, why, 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 why would you? Uh, no, 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 and that's what I'm saying. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, kids are hearing this like, oh, if you do that, that's racist. I'm not right. racist. Why would right. I? Why would I ever do that? And it's disgusting these days how easily the word racism gets handed out. I, 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 when I think of racism, I think of like someone walking up to a black person and and calling them like N word with the hard R and assaulting them or something. Not, not, not being interested in uh, rat music or something without. I don't even know. It's hard to describe. Right, right. No, I see what you are saying. It's actually no, some fucking uh, stretch and reaching. Yeah. You
0: know? Part of the brilliance of the left is their their ability to redefine terms, yeah. and then just live with it, and and they, and they leave everyone else in the dust. So one example is, the, um, you know, so so anti racism. Is, what, is yes. what the left is all about. Anti-racism. But that doesn't mean not racist. In To the left, anti-racism just means racism committed only against white people. Uh-huh. Which, if you are anybody with principles and intellectual consistency, you are against racism against any group of people, regardless of what color they happen to be. It, it's, it's the racism itself that is the bad thing. Not... Um, you know, what, whoever, whoever you're wielding it against, it's the idea right. that you it's the idea that you're judging anyone at all based on any physical characteristics. That's yeah. what is abhorrent to principled people. The left, right. uh, it's easy because they're not principled.'re they, they're, they're not grounded in anything other than whatever gains them power in that moment. That's the position that they'll hold. So their ability to redefine the term racist, as anything that's not anti-racist right. is such an unbelievable win for them. Because if you're not actively in their cult, then you're one of the evil racist people and it's okay to attack you in the street, smash you with bricks, burn down your store. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever we want to do to you is fine because you're one of the other. You're one of the bad people. And I think uh, this kind of tribalism is is just part of being a person it's just part of humans but uh the the cultural institutions have been infected with ideologues to the point where you you either have the opinions that you're supposed to have and you either support the establishment or you're one of the people who we're going to round up and and forcibly vaccinate or you're one of the people that we're going to like, there, there's just it. The, the, like I said, the social enforcement is so strong now that I I really don't know if there's any walking it back. Like, even if so there was some breakthrough two weeks from now where an intelligent, uh, well spoken conservative made some video that goes viral and it starts changing the hearts and minds of people, I, I just don't see it because. Tribalist people have it's easier to just be tribalist than it is to have principles
1: yeah. it's easier to be tribalist than try to understand or figure out points being made by people in the other tribe
0: right and, and the divide is so so huge now that you know 50 years ago democrats and republicans would argue about corporate tax rates and you know social programs and community policing, you know what I mean? Like we would, we would agree on what we all wanted and we disagreed on the path to get there. Mm -hmm. Now we have two totally separate groups living in two completely separate worlds who just so happen to be sharing the same physical space. Yes. And this is a recipe for disaster. There's no... I don't, I don't think the gap is bridgeable anymore. I think that we've hit a kind of critical mass where some people are just not going to get it. And yeah. I don't know that there's much we can do about it. I mean, I started this podcast just as a way to kind of try to do my part and to try to add my voice to the, the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, hell, even if everyone I know started a podcast... I'm, I I just still don't know that I have enough uh enough hope. But like I said at the beginning of this, it's incredibly encouraging to to run into people like you who were able to just kind of feel it out, like something's not right here. There's yes. clearly these people are not the neutral arbiters of information that they claim to be. Um so just to say it again, it is incredibly encouraging to talk to someone like you who's tries to keep emotion out of it and uh, who tries to seek the truth. That's that's what really has to happen. The, the entire idea of America was that the people the, you and me were supposed to be the final check against tyranny. we were supposed to be the uh-huh. final backstop against authoritarianism because we were supposed to be an educated and well-informed public that could push back on those types of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That sort of final backstop is failing as more and more people uh, as, as, as miseducation becomes more prevalent, I think is the best way to put it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I completely agree with it, everything you said. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, it's going to be really interesting to see going forward, how, like what the next step is in politics in America. Like, and yeah, that it's looking pretty bleak as far as um, uh, reconciliation between the right and left at this point. I think social media just makes it so you are in your little circle of uh, wokeness or far right echo chamber. Echo chamber, yeah. It's it just just going to be a, a regurgitation of whatever your thoughts are. Preconceived notions about a certain topic are. Um, See, I
0: I agree with you to a point, but then there's there's the there's the outliers. There's people like me and yes. I, who yes. both, even though it was years apart, we had our okay. sort of awakening or whatever. We both yes. got to that point.
1: Yeah, and so I, I it is I, I, happening. Right, so so there's a glimmer of hope, but it's not nearly enough. Is I, I think agree. It's,
0: it's happening think way it's... <laughs> too
1: slowly. Um, yeah, because um. I haven't I haven't met too many people who think my, think like I do. Um, right. But I think, I think I know how to explain it to other smart people. But, so so my so my brother my younger brother he's um, he's very successful. He makes like seventy grand a year working for a company in DC. Um, he's he's like a skeptical. He's a, he's a liberal, so I think he's always been skeptical and he's always searched for the truth and the data. And, and so I, I guess if, I think if everyone like me and you reached out to someone who, someone we know who's a, a deep thinker and is maybe, ske- you, you use the word skepticism. someone mm. If we reach out to people who are skeptical, I think that's a good place to start, honestly.
0: I agree completely. Um, Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna convince a cultist to to leave the cult. That's not gonna (laughs) happen. Yeah, certainly
1: not. Yeah, you have to see them rapes one of the young members of the cult first. Right, right. Yeah, you (laughs) have to. You You have to witness
0: the evil. Um, But I mean, uh, I think for a lot of people, it's um, when they have they have some flash of individuality. Or they have yeah. some mm-hmm. some opinion that goes against the 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 narrative, or it goes against the grain of what the cult has decided your opinion should be. Uh, I think for a lot of people who are waking up to see the cult for what it is, it's they had one idea that that went against the group, and they were immediately like found out to be a white supremacist or a racist yeah. and they're like well what yeah. i agree with you on literally 97 percent of the stuff we talk about right. i just have this one thing where i think maybe we went too far on eh, you're excommunicated yeah you're you're no <laughs> longer. you are a racist right like it turns out she was one of them the whole time
1: that's <laughs> yeah. really
0: that's really how they think it's crazy i know yeah. i i used this analogy uh in person the other day but i'm gonna say it again the uh the I Am Legend uh, comic, graphic, the graphic novel, is the idea is that there's a vampire going around and he's, you know, he's killing vampires, but the plague keeps spreading and spreading and taking over and taking over. And eventually it's, he's the only human left and he's just going around killing vampires and they capture him and put him on trial. And they're like, well, why are you going around killing everyone, asshole? <laughs> and he's like, you're fucking vampires, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> but, you know, the 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 whole world was against him. So he was the bad guy. Um, I feel like that's how conservatives feel right now is that like, we're literally just trying to be like, Hey, maybe locking people in their houses and forcing them to close their businesses and funding giant corporations at the same time and importing foreign workers to take those jobs. Like maybe all of these things are going to have negative consequences. But of course as soon as you have a negative opinion of what the establishment is doing you're one of the others and your opinions don't matter anymore this is the trick this is the game they play and this is this is how the authoritarians win so
1: yes so so one thing i've noticed you know i'll keep on saying as a liberal who has recently become a disaffected liberal a, a, a disaffected liberal who has is no longer a liberal um I've seen on the left a lot of uh leniency towards communism. And I oh yeah, of course. I, I think I think what I've heard throughout my life, you know, growing up in such a liberal household with super liberal parents, they'll say things like, Oh, you know, you know, Castro, he was he wasn't the best guy. He did kill a lot of people, but it was in the it was in the name of the little man. It was in the name of the little guys. And I I don't think I really realized how truly evil and how uh, deviant from the facts communism was until I actually started reaching it, uh, researching it on my own.
0: Right, Um, but I think what you started off, sorry sorry to interrupt you, but I think what you started off with saying right there was actually more disturbing. The idea that, well, sure he committed genocide, but you know, he had a good reason for it. That's actually scarier to me are the people that will justify massacres the people that will justify genocide the people that will obfuscate the truth and sort of uh, soften out the hard edges yeah or the murderers those are the ones that scare me more than anything because like again it's you don't have a principled position against murdering other people you just yeah, think that, it's okay to do in certain circumstances
1: right there's there's no limit Uh, how far you can go once you've justified killing people Uh, like you know extinguishing a human life from existence do you know Uh, what
0: what makes a man what's the difference between a man capable of killing one person and a man capable of killing a hundred thousand people ideology Uh. (laughs) ideology a man without ideology isn't driven to such extremes you know, what I mean, when you're when you have ideology at your back, when you have the power of knowing that God is on your side, whatever whatever your God is, I mean, maybe yeah. for, for a lot of people, God is social justice or, or fairness yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? But whatever yeah. it is, ideology is the thing that lets you kill, rape, murder, steal and do all of these things, knowing that you're one of the good guys. Yep. That's why yeah. it's so dangerous.
1: I I completely agree, and I've and and so, what I've heard a lot on the left is socialism is the answer. Socialism, right, is the is the the all and be all, the final destination. The bee's knees, man. It, it's the utopian finish line, and yep. what so many liberals today don't realize is how closely related socialism is to communism. So, um, can I go on like a little? rant so to speak on communism because please do i've learned a lot and i've learned a lot all in the past like month i've learned so much more about politics just by researching you know um credible reputable professors on preacher brother all right so on, on every level, communism is wrong. So communism doesn't take into account the inherent human need for some sort of hierarchical structure. It's it, it's no coincidence. Every tribe, every civilization, from every corner of the earth, tribes in South America, Africa, uh, the Native Americans, the Celtics, the Vikings, they've all had some sort of leader. They've all had some sort of chieftain. And, and so basically the problem is communists think that there's perfect equality is possible when that's not the case because as as we've seen throughout history since the stone ages humans strive to have some sort of leader or alpha right, in their right. back and that's not inherently a bad thing it's not necessarily right it's it's, it's very it's actually very uh Functional and because humans are not equal, right? Humans are not necessarily equal. Some are more hardworking than others. Some are capable of things
0: that are more intelligent. Some are more clever. Some are more cunning. Some are
1: more. Some, yes. Some are more athletic. Some Some are better leaders. (laughs) Yes. And, And so, when you tell everyone they're equal, there will always be conflict. There's no such thing as real communism because in real in real communism. There will be people who are going to revolt. There are there will be people who are going to get ahead. There will be people who are going to fall behind. It's just it's just the way it works. And yeah. and so you and so the class struggles that we see today, you can't attribute those to capitalism because that's human nature. You can't you can't attribute someone being poor or whatever to or maybe having less um, non-materialistic goods to capitalism, because that's always been the case. That's been the case since the stone ages where people have had slightly less resources. Um, Maybe other people who are um, very hardworking people who are, don't like to procrastinate. Maybe there's a tough winter coming ahead. So they gather slightly extra Firewood to brace for the hard winter that's that's not capitalism that's human nature and so i and I, that's that's one that's that's just one small aspect of communism that liberals ignore they 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 ignore human psychology and the inherent human need to for some sort of hierarchical structure
0: i agree completely
1: um, yeah I'll let you respond to that point before I... I
0: I think, uh, thank you. I think, um, yeah, a lot of liberals, um, they sort of have the Leon Trotsky mindset where, you know, they think that... uh, They think that these better men uh, can lead us to this socialist utopia. And these, you know, these, these better men... Uh, who apparently are just politicians are capable of making the hard decisions and going against their human nature and making decisions that are better for all the rest of us. Right. When of course they're just humans. Um, and and they're going to, they're going to do what, what is best for them because that is human nature. And this is of course, not even addressing the economic issues of socialism and communism, <laughs> right. which in my opinion are uh, really where the, the, the bulk of the argument is, but uh, right. please continue.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, that's a perfect segue into like the next like moral issue of communism. Um, and also just the sheer and accuracy. It's that the left thinks that there are only oppressors and oppressed peoples. Um, when in reality, obviously evil can't be so easily divided as oppressors and oppressed people. So in the communist manifesto, you know, the downtrodden, peasants at the lower of society who were oppressed, the proletariat, Um, these people were the just and the, the little guys just trying to make it. And if somehow they could be in power, then everything would be fair and equal, but that's not the case because they are human beings and liberals and socialists have a far too optimistic view of the human condition basically the premise of communism is that oppressed, the oppressed proletariat, they're inherently altruistic, they're moral, they're caring, um, but that, but they, they still have an evolutionary hierarchical desire um, to seize more power than they actually want. Um, so, so if you've ever heard of the Stanford Prison Experiment, Whereas uh, these prison guards were given power in um, a a fixed setting and they, all of them, just completely abused it. The power was like a drug to them. And they just, humans uh, in government and, and with resources are the same exact way. And there's no avoiding that. If the proletariat grab this power by any means necessary because they're the little guys and the the rich are the pure evil who've taken everything for themselves. It's just magically assumed that they're gonna figure out a way to be just and moral. Right. And they they they, they the pro- proletariat won't suddenly be corrupted from that very same access to power that the bourgeois, bourgeoisie had. They, right. they, they think that they're literally different on a genetic level, that when they get that same power that the former ruling class had, that they won't abuse it in the same way, and that's I think that's something that you know the socialists and Marxists just um, have no understanding of it at all.
0: I think um, I think you're actually giving them too much credit with with that argument. Um, I think they know that that's wrong. Hmm. I think mm-hmm. they sim- they don't they don't think that the bourgeoisie is evil and corrupt and therefore must be destroyed. They simply want to be the bourgeoisie.
1: Huh, that's They simply
0: they simply want the bourgeoisie's access to resources. So they kill them and take it. I that's think the, the the idea that you're saying, well, you know, we just want a more equitable and fair, that's just a way to sort of get people on board with your plight. Huh. But I think yeah. deep down they all know we're just going to kill these people and take their shit, just like happened in Cambodia.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty uh, interesting point, and I'll, I think I'll meet you halfway there on that. Which is that I, I think you're completely right with with the leaders of the proletariat uprising. You know, the Fidel Castros. The, right, right. I right. think I think maybe they really want that power for themselves. But then, but then, and they, but then they convince. The normal sheep, if you will, that it's on the name of equity, and so see, so I, I think I I partially agree with you, but then partially disagree with you.
0: See, I think um, I think it's the average people that want to be the elites. the The entire idea of socialism or communism is that I want free stuff. Essentially, what <laughs> it comes down to, that's like at its most simplest level it's i want free shit and i don't care if i have to take it from someone else to get it or if i have to have the government take it from someone else and give it to me i want free stuff i think it's i don't i don't think you can um sort of gain the moral high ground with that argument so i think we see a lot of bloviating about inequality and and all these things when it's it's really just about like i think Again, I, I like to I like to use history as a sort of a control for yep. the events that we're seeing now. And in Cambodia under Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge, we we saw a slow, we saw a gradual yet steady increase of hostilities toward people that worked hard, got up early, started businesses, became successful, you know, sent their kids to good schools, and we saw all these these other people that didn't work hard didn't have the same ambition, maybe didn't have the same ability. And they decided, you know what? Fuck those rich people. We're going to kill <laughs> them all. We're going to take all their shit. We're going to, and the ones that we don't kill, we're going to kick out into the wilderness to starve slowly over the course of the next couple of months. I I think um, that the idea of we just want equitable redistribution and we, we want this and we want that. I think that's all high minded, uh, propaganda so that they can sort of assume the 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 moral mantle but i think they know from the beginning what they actually want and it's not anything moral Mm -hmm. but i i I understand your position um
1: yeah no i mean you want to
0: believe in the inherent good in people
1: um yeah on some levels you do and then with communism, there's a clear inherent bad in people, which is when the communist, the new communist government gets power, they will abuse it, uh, right. and, there's, and, and the there's,
0: revolutionaries are the first to go. Yes, and in any revolution once the once the new government is installed the revolutionary citizens that helped that government be installed just like in cuba just like the brown shirts in nazi germany they're the first one the night of the long knives comes for them first they get killed because the incoming government knows if anyone's going to overthrow us it's going to be these fucking psychopaths that just helped us overthrow those last assholes (laughs) (laughs) that's how it works these people are of course ignorant of history and they don't understand that when you help overthrow a regime, you're next up
1: on the chopping block. Right. The, and I, I like how you said that ignorance of history. There's, in today's world, um, especially surrounding communism and socialism, there's just such an ignorance of history, like right. in Russia. They go when, look at Norway. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you mean that capitalist country that's killing it? I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the gist of the argument. That was that was my argument i think before i right I just started learning and researching all this stuff my argument was look at scandinavia and yeah, that norway was, and
0: sweden and, and then when you was, point to you know cuba venezuela they go oh no that's not real socialism ex- that's just exactly. mismanagement like yeah yeah exactly, exactly. socialism exactly
1: <laughs> socialism and communism will always be mismanagement because yeah. of human nature and if you don't believe that then you're way too optimistic um how humans operate and humans um, need for power it's evolutionary we're we're animals at heart we we want more resources to ensure our survival and survival survival
0: of our our families and our friends and everything and
1: and survival of our heirs and down the line of generation that's how it is and the thing Um, that's
0: so insidious to me about it is that the people who are out um you know fighting for socialism and fighting for communism and fighting for all these ideas, they then turn around, like, like you've seen their reactions to the Cuban people and they're being like, well, they're a, they're like, well, they're just mad about COVID. So right. they're like misrepresenting <laughs> they're Cause so they're still trying to keep that happy face, you know, like that, that they're still trying to yeah. pretend like the ship's not sinking when it right, very but, clearly
1: is right there's there's almost zero press of um what's going on in Venezuela and Cuba from the left and if it is it's why it's incredibly misrepresented like right. like we saw um so we talked about this the other day but when i was on twitter I, one of the trending topics was mass protests in cuba <laughs> over uh lack of covid vaccines or something and that is just it was just so completely false and so um protective of the leftist communism socialism that's going on in cuba that 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 was that was one of the tipping points for me (laughs) when i just when i just saw when i just saw how the left tries to protect socialism and communism at all costs
0: right Um, and and they'll say you know it's it's america's fault america's evil for not doing trade with yes. with Cuba or Venezuela, and so what you're really saying is, communism can't survive without being supported by capitalism, because right. that's that's the argument they're actually making. But of course, they're too stupid to understand that that's what they're actually saying. <laughs> it's just that America is just a bunch of mean, mean, <laughs> bad people. That's why they don't want to they don't want to help out Cuba. It's like no, we'd love to help out the Cuban people. We just don't want right. to help the the communist government continue to oppress the cuban people by giving them access to more resources
1: yeah so they're actually defeating their own argument
0: with their own argument but they're just (laughs) that stupid
1: yeah and and that's uh, another good segue into the next aspect of communism and probably the most important and relevant is the economics of um right so So, you can't have
0: mass ownership of your toaster Right. <laughs> the society can't all own your toaster. That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> it's kind of funny not to just scoff at when you <laughs> but bring I it mean up. It,
0: that's really how simple it is.
1: Yeah. Um so like so the left thinks like when this uh rising um revolutionaries like Castro, when they take away all the evil rich resources um, and they take away all the businesses and destroy their companies that had it- intricate businesses and I mean uh, intricate business models and intricate ways of, co- of connecting to the markets and um, getting people to buy their products and with all these economic booms uh, it's assumed that all of a sudden these these communist revolutionaries know how to instantly create a functional economic boom and right. and, and there is i mean i'd be amazed if that could ever happen that'd be that'd be un that that's like unfathomable how many things they'd have to do in such a short amount of time and history shows that as as soon as Cuba took power there. Uh, um, I mean, as soon as Castro took power, their economy just skyrocketed downward. Um, yep. Same in Venezuela. The, I think they're at one, their dollars now worth a million dollars. Yeah,
0: they hit, I think it was 10 million percent inflation in November of 2019. I don't even know what it's at now. I don't even think numbers go
1: yeah yeah numbers can't even start to do it justice uh it's just assumed by the left that if the people have power everything will be okay um right it it completely ignores the fact how capitalism uh, it completely ignores all the good things that capitalism has done like um the mass production of products and goods and mass production
0: of making all these things affordable to every average people like you and me yeah
1: capitalism is the reason
0: that a flat screen tv was twenty thousand dollars 20 years ago and now you can get one for 200 bucks yeah because capitalism
1: right so so even just take the toothbrush for example if there's no economic uh competition do you think any, any of the toothbrush factories are gonna Feel the need or have the intrinsic desire to create the electric toothbrush,
0: right? and innovate? No,
1: they are not going to innovate. They are not going going to explore, or try to be creative. They're gonna do whatever gets them their government ration, right? Because that's what is needed for their survival. They, and there's there's no uh, progressing from their uh, situation because everyone is completely equal. So there's never gonna be that um and their need for growth
0: right and it just it just another, leads to stagnation
1: which leads to stagnation which leads to yeah <laughs> just everything wrong
0: well henry i, w- I'm, I'm, I want to try to wrap this up but this has yeah, been a sure. uh, yeah. spectacular conversation i've enjoyed very much um I'm, i'd like to have you on again in like six months something like that we'll see how your your transformation is coming along <laughs> and, uh, yeah, give the right. listeners an update on uh on this little case study <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that'd be really interesting
0: but uh thank you very much for uh being on the show and let me pick your brain a little bit uh if and i know you don't necessarily have like a, a podcast or anything like that but if you have maybe like an instagram or something like that you want to plug <laughs> or your twitter or
1: anything uh I don't think I don't think so. I, I'd say just keep on listening to the Free Minds podcast. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll, I'll use I'll use my moment of uh, shine to bring it back to you. <laughs> I appreciate that very
0: much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to uh, me and Henry chit chat about politics and authoritarianism. Uh, please remember to like, share, and subscribe the podcast on whatever platform you do listen on. And uh, I love you all. We will see you next week.